information that comes in and little things like listening to someone, talking with them, working with them, and giving to them build growing relationships. Little things build growing relationships. Improve all relationships, even our relationship with Jesus. And that's what we've been talking about. And that's what the series is about. Learning to live with Jesus. Learning to connect with Him through Bible reading, prayer, service, and generosity. So, quick review. Am I the only one hearing this? A quick review of where we've been. So far, we've talked about how we can listen to Jesus by studying the Bible. And here's what we discover transformation means information and inspiration combined. Information alone, without transformation, makes us better educated sinners. Now, let's see if I'm overstating that. Let me ask you a question. Is this thing just true with me? If we take the, what I would consider the tightest definition of sin, which was one time must have been together with Christ, willful transgression of a known law of God. That's tricky for us, okay? That's a, you can't get any narrower than that. Okay? So, I suddenly read that I'm not supposed to lie to my neighbor. But I've always lied to my neighbor. I never really thought anything about it. And then, the next time that happened, I'm reminded that the Bible told me that Jesus said, don't lie to your neighbor. I go ahead and lie to my neighbor. Guess what I just did? I willfully disobeyed a known law. I was a better educated sinner. Bible study that doesn't change you is dangerous. Deadly. Inspiration without the information just makes us more excited to it. You know, we read a little comic of Bible. Oh, yeah! Oh, that's great! It doesn't mean that any of us are there, but it's really exciting. God is Even when I'm sitting, yahoo! Okay, no, that's not right. Transformation takes us beyond mere knowledge and Emotion is into a whole new way of life. The kind of life God created us to live. So that was the first, that first thing. Transformation without 
it is greater than inspiration and inspiration combined. And then that's the true test of prayer is a connection with the Holy Spirit where you feel safe and close. When we talk to Jesus, we pray. That's prayer. The simplest definition you can give to a little kid. Prayer is talking to Jesus. Left to ourselves, we don't know what to pray or how to pray, and so we often and frequently launch into a larger list of our problems. Like God doesn't already know. And He needs to be reminded. But when we really connect with the Holy Spirit, He helps us by interceding for us and with us. The true test of prayer is a connection with the Holy Spirit where we feel safe and close. Prayer is where we experience the presence of God. Prayer is where we exchange our self-confidence for Holy Spirit confidence. Prayer is where we express our needs to the Holy Spirit and our needs for Him. Prayer is where the Spirit expands our hope and love and faith. Author Oswald Chambers put it this way, Prayer is not giving things from God. Prayer is being in a perfect communion or intimate relationship with God. I tell Him what I know He already knows, because He does. But I tell Him what I know He already knows in order that I may get to know it as He knows. So we talk, we hear from Him when we study our Bibles, we talk with Him when we pray, and we work with Jesus when we help people. As one of my friends says, save people, serve people. So here's this morning's sermon in a sentence. Real quick. Serving others in Jesus' name transmits His love to them. Helping hurting people because we want them to know Jesus' love and His grace helps them to experience it. It transmits His love to them in a tangible way. We're going to be looking at uh, uh, passages of Scripture in Matthew chapter 15. We're going to look at uh, stories from Jesus' life. In the closing days of His life on this earth, Jesus told a series of stories to uh, explain what's going to happen at the end of time when he passes judgment on every human. I'm going to pause for a moment and I'm just going to address the elephant in the room. No, it's not me. Okay. The elephant in the room is we don't like to talk about judgment. We live in a society and a culture that makes a massive assumption. There is no judgment. God loves everybody, and everybody's okay. Everybody is not okay. You can't figure that out by just watching or looking in the mirror. I'm going to tell you, everybody's not okay. Everybody's broken. We're a mess. 
And there is going to come a day when we stand up in front of them and he's going to talk to us about how we lived our lives. We are going to be held accountable. If that doesn't make you nervous, I didn't explain it clearly. Not something that we look forward to, something we just do what we don't like to pretend it's not there. You know? As someone once said, denial is not just a word of evil. You know? We we'll lie to ourselves all the time. All kinds of ways. There is a day coming when we're going to stand in front of Jesus. And Matthew, just one of his disciples, Matthew, recorded his life in which. And he records in, in his closing chapters of, of Jesus' life, he records three, three stories Jesus told. They're not the only ones, but there are three that he records of doing these stories about how judgment is coming in what we call the three-fifth chapter of his report of Jesus' life, the Gospel of Matthew. And I want us to look at the very last one this morning, the very last one in the chapter. It's one of the most vivid parables that Jesus told. Its meaning is also obvious. It's one of those ones where you read it and you go, well, he said what he said, but he said what he meant, I guess. And I can't go, I don't understand, but it's really clear. We'll see in a moment. Some of the parables you read it and you go, huh? Not this one, well, this one's really clear. It's obvious. Uh, in the end, Jesus is going to kind of judge us. We stand before him, he's going to judge us on how we treat each other. His decision about us does not depend, depend on how much Bible knowledge we have. So we consider how long our prayer lists were and, and how much time and money we gave to the church. And, those are important things, but that's not going to be the issue according to this parable. This question will be about the help we give to those in need. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. You follow along up here? I want to see There we go. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, let me pause for a moment. The Son of Man was one of Jesus' favorite terms for himself. And I need to, we need to explain this. Because some people will say, Jesus never said he was God. Okay? So just quick Bible lesson, backtrack. This term first shows up in the prophet Daniel. And he has a vision of the ancient of days. That's a name for God. Coming down out of heaven on the throne, and there was the Son of Man standing there. So when Jesus talked about that he was the Son of Man, he wasn't going to just do this. He's going, I'm that guy who came down with God. Son of man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Everybody is talking to remember the story of Daniel. We don't know it as well as they did, but 
For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. So they also will answer, same thing. When did we? When, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger and you need clothes or sick in prison and not help you? I'm sorry, that's not that very good. That's a huge paraphrase. But that's what they're asking. You know, Lord, if we'd seen you, we would ask you, where were you hiding? And he's going to reply, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. They will go away. The righteous come. Go. Ooh. I would love to tell you there's some deep, dark secret to understanding this. It's just a cross of us. There is no deep, dark secret. It says what it says, it means what it says. Observations about this prayer. Jesus took this everyday thing of shepherds dividing their sheep from the goats and putting them into separate pens, and he brought it alongside the concept that there's going to be a day of judgment when we're going to face him, and he's going to divide things, he's going to separate things. He made this took this parable, and he made, I want to make two observations about it. Jesus asked his people, his followers, to do simple things for people. One, one pastor puts it this way, do for the one what you wish you could do for everyone. So fortunately, we tend, as churches tend, uh, churches that we're organizations, churches and organizations tend to make rules. You know, so uh, we can't do for this person what we can't do for that person. You know, we can help this person, but when that one comes and asks for help, then we won't be able to help them. So let's just make a rule that we won't help anybody. I think we're listening. Jesus said, where do you get for one? That's what he said. Do for one what you do with all the help you get. Do all kinds of things for everybody. But I'll be able to do something for someone. That's what he tells us to do. Do simple things. I mean, yes, there are hungry people, there are homeless people, there are, but most of the people you know are not in that category. But most of the people, like 99.999% of them, are starving for somebody to listen. Thank you.
hey, how are you doing question with, no, really, I'd love to know, how are you doing? Because we all know the quote is, it's just about question with, I'm fine. I've only had a few people in my life who were able to go, no, 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 in the back of your head, you're going to be thinking about the 16 things on your to-do list that you wanted to get accomplished in that five minutes. So Jesus asked us to do a simple thing. Feed hungry people, clothe naked people, care for sick people, and I'm going to say in our situation, Somebody five minutes with your undivided attention. 
Jesus is going to tell Sandra that you did sin by now let me tell you, I'm pretty sure that Jesus walked in the room, all of us could give him our undivided attention. For as long as he wanted to talk. Oh, I see that. Thank you. Nothing says I love you, Jesus, better than helping you through this person. Nothing transmits his love to another person better. They're doing simple things to help them. Now, you might give to help someone because you're a nice person. Americans are pretty nice people. Contrary to some things we've heard. You know, what happens when somebody's house burns down? Everybody in the community gets together to help them out. They put it on TV and the haters and we, we're doing this and you, you get money, put it in this account, we'll help you get this stuff. Everybody You can help people because they're nice Americans. I think Jesus is asking for a little bit more. You might do it because you feel guilty if you don't do it. You know, I won't, you know, how will I look myself in the mirror later if I don't do something? You might be good because you're afraid of what people might think. And they might think badly about you because you didn't help somebody out in some way. You might be able to help people because you want something in return. You might help people and give and, and do something to meet some simple need in order to have some kind of recognition. You might. But I think what Jesus wants for us as his followers is that he wants us to have the Holy Spirit fill us with so much of his love that we just do it. So we do simple things to help hurting person, the hurting person in front of us simply because we love Jesus. And we love the people Jesus loves. Out of your glorious, rich grace. Strengthen us through your Spirit into the very center of who we are. Give us a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit. Fill us with this power. what other people might think or what we might think of ourselves even would help us to love and to help. We love you. We resist you, Lord. We are weak, Lord. 
motives sometimes, but you, your, your love is pure, and it motivates everything you do, and, and you want that. We're so grateful that it's not all like that. If it was, we'd be grateful. Well, thank you for preparing us to face each day with the power of your love, with the experience of your forgiveness and your grace. Help us to share it. And how we see that is today. 